What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conserve Network Podcast. This is Pete, and today we're going to be discussing Governor Cuomo's grandstanding to lower taxes on New Yorkers, while he doesn't actually intend to do so, how Bill de Blasio was showing signs of a 2020 presidential run, and how lawmakers in quote-unquote progressive states, just like our own, and including our own, are single-handedly trying to ruin the real estate industry. So first off, before we get into any of that, if you're new to the show, welcome. The Empire State Conserve Network Podcast is for New York Conservatives conservatives who are tired of being neglected by local and state politicians. You're also tired of being looked at like a leper by friends, family, and co-workers who are liberal. And quite honestly, they're both ignorant on the issues and about how life works in general. So if that's how you feel, if that's what you're dealing with, welcome. This is a place for you. Please like our Facebook page. Just type in Empire State Conservatives in the search bar. Like it. You'll be kept up to date in all of our stuff. Anyway, let's get into the three topics of today because I am very busy. So we're going to start off with government intervention in real estate. So we're going to read you a little bit of an article from Wall Street Journal, and then we're going to discuss. So in Illinois, New York, and Oregon, legislators are pushing bills to introduce or strengthen apartment rent controls. Newly elected California Governor Gavin Newsom has said changes to a decades-old constitutional amendment that has kept taxes low for many commercial property owners are, quote, on the table. The powerful real estate lobby in the past has successfully derailed bills that would tax or pressure their business. In one major victory, it played a key role in weakening rent control rules in New York City in the 1990s. But there are fresh signs that the industry is losing clout in New York and other blue-leaning states after a populist wave swept through many state legislatures. Landlords have had their run of the playground and were taking it back, said New York Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal, a Democrat. Please hit her up and hit her over the head verbally, not from real life. Members of the real estate community have started pushing back. If all the proposed changes were to pass, quote, it would be a serious financial blow to the industry, said John Banks, president of a trade group real estate board of New York. He argued that making it impossible for landlords to raise rents on some units would make it harder for them to pay for repairs and renovations needed to maintain rent-stabilized apartments. Last year, the California Attorney General's Office, so this is just an example of a it's a little further along in this than we are. But last year, the California Attorney General's office estimated that such a change would increase property tax revenues by $6.5 billion to $10.5 billion a year. Those taxes could have a, quote, significant impact on real estate values and hit several large property owners hard, according to a report from research firm Green Street Advisors. Commercial property developers are preparing a, quote, Pretty strong effort to fight this, said Joel Marcus, chairman of Pasadena, California-based Alexandria Real Estate Equities, which owns several commercial properties in the state. So here's the moral of the story. This is just another way for state and local governments to expand their ever-expanding reach into our lives and into our pockets. This is going to cause developers and commercial real estate owners to stop building and even owning properties here and to instead seek investments and opportunity in other freer states. So we're seeing this in New York. Again, I can't mention this enough. Cato Institute, we talked about it on yesterday's show with our guest Gabriel Montalvo from the RNHA, ranked 50th out of 50 
in terms of the number of states in the union, in terms of economic freedom. That's not a good thing. We had 84,000 more people just last year alone leave New York State than came in. That's not good. We have a $2.3 billion budget deficit here in New York State. And I'm going to get to how Cuomo was trying to cover his ass towards the end of this show. But property tax rates have gone through the roof in many counties, including the county over from me and the one I lived in for most of my life, Nassau County here on Long Island, to the point that in Mineola, New York, in their little you know, town hall where they hold local meetings, 2,500 angry property owners in that jurisdiction showed up to the court to complain and to ask, why the heck are my property tax rates increasing year after year after year why is there more red tape when it comes to renovating a property my parents are actually downsizing and they're moving into a new home they had to have some work done and i some of the things they have told me about the types of permits they've had to get the number of permits they've had to get and the amount they've had to pay for permits just to put it in a damn sink absolutely ridiculous so they continue to try and reach into our lives and into industry and to try to regulate these industries and they claim that they're doing it for the disadvantaged, for the people who don't have the money to continually pay higher and higher rent prices. What is this really? It's trying to keep people in New York State. That is why this is happening here, and I'm sure that's why it's happening in California and Illinois, and like they said, many other blue states across the union. People are leaving these states in droves. Republican, Democrat, Independent, doesn't matter their political affiliation. Wealthy people who have the means and don't want to lose more and more and more and state and local taxes year after year, they're going to leave. Plain and simple. So in order to cover their ass, they're trying to get involved, and they being state local legislators, they're trying to get involved in local industry. They're trying to make it more difficult for prices to raise. And just think, why would prices need to be raised on commercial properties that are renting out apartments or condos or things of that nature? Why are property taxes going up? Because our state and local governments are spending more and more money. And hence, in order to try and balance the deficit or to try and get as close to balancing a budget as humanly possible to justify an expansion of their current budget, they need to increase revenue. So when our taxes go up, those are passed along to property owners. Now, you may own a home, and that may be the only property you own, if you even own a property at all. Commercial real estate developers and owners, they may own multiple properties and large properties. They're probably paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year in just property tax alone to the state. So when they see more red tape in their way, when they're saying that they're not going to be able to raise rates when they see fit, and often, if you think about it, the rates for those developments raise as property taxes raise. So in order to cut off costs, it's just basic economics. In order to cut off costs in one area, you gotta raise prices so that you can match that. The same thing happens in restaurants now with this BS minimum wage law that's passing here in New York State, the $15 an hour BS thing for even unskilled workers. Because guess what? Restaurants, other places that rely on tips, kind of essentially pushing people across the finish line, and other businesses that tended to pay people lower amounts of money, they're going to get screwed. They can't afford to pay people, especially unskilled people, $15 an hour to do that work. So they either have to rely on free labor, paying people under the table, which obviously the state, local, and federal governments do not want, or they're going to have to close up shot 
and either go elsewhere or move on to another venture entirely. That's what's going to happen here, and that's why they're trying to do this with rent control. It's disgraceful. It should not happen. I understand for a lot of people, it's frustrating year after year when you get a new proposal. If you are a renter, I'm a renter currently and have been my whole life. So I know year to year, especially if you live in a development, you get here, you know, we'd love to have you back as long as you weren't a terrible tenant. We'd love to have you back. Here's what rent will be every year. Please advise if you want to continue by such and such date or if you plan on leaving. That's how it tends to work. And then you get to decide, can I swing the extra 50, 100, 200, whatever it is, dollars a month? And they don't often justify why that is. But I'm telling you, the reason those prices go up is because they have to pay higher property taxes, among other things. And like was said in the article, when part of rent includes property taxes, it includes their mortgage on the property, it includes paying their employees, whether it's the people who cut the grass or do the laundry, whatever it is that they do, the repair men and women in there, the property managers, they have to include all their salaries in there when they're factoring in how much they're going to charge for different units. And, And on top of that, if those things change and alter year to year, then guess what? They're not going to incur an additional cost and keep prices the same. They have to raise prices to match their expenses so they can make a profit. Otherwise, it's a stupid venture for them. So this is just a terrible way the government is getting involved and it's not going to do us well. I mean, the state is not looking good. And the reason that Justin, Evan, and myself started this is because we want to stand up and fix the state. For a lot of people who aren't wealthy, who don't have tens of thousands of dollars put away to incur moving expenses to another state and getting another property and getting a whole new situation, finding another job, or if you're an entrepreneur, starting up another venture in a completely new and unknown place. I mean, this is a lot to ask of a lot of people. So many of us, they love the state. We've been here when it's been great. It wasn't all that long ago when it was last in pretty good shape, but it's been battered down and beaten down by people like Andrew Cuomo, Chuck Schumer, Kirsten Gillibrand, who obviously don't have our best interests at heart. A lot of the people in the new blue state legislature, and we have to fight them tooth and nail. And I hope the real estate advisory boards that are going to fight this in the state win out because if they don't, they're going to leave. The government will get what they want. And I'll get into de Blasio in a second because that's what he wants in New York City. He wants to control what can and can't be built, who owns what properties, how much can be charged. He literally wants the city government to run all of that. And he wants state and federal government to do the same thing on a grander scale. And that's only going to hurt us as a society. And that's going to dissuade people who have jobs, who have capital from coming in here and investing in our cities and in our communities because they're just going to go elsewhere where the burden isn't nearly as much. Hate to say it, but that's how life works. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs, whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocasions.com. Anyway, let's move on to de Blasio. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, Bill de Blasio is hinting at a 2020 run. And I'm going to read from a Reason article from Scott Shackford because it's excellent. So Politico is reporting that Democratic New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is taking some of the early steps for a possible presidential run in 2020. There have been rumors that he's been considering it for a while now. This weekend, um, this coming weekend, he'll be heading to early 
primary state, New Hampshire, to make some appearances, and he's consulting with some aides who have worked on previous national campaigns. In January, voters in New York gave de Blasio a 32 to 44 percent approval to disapproval rating. So 32 percent approval, 44 percent disapproval. And he fares better among New York, just New York City voters, which is ridiculous. Um, in a January poll from Quinnipiac, President Trump, by comparison, had a 41% approval rating to 55% disapproval rating nationally, though he polls much worse just among New York voters. And why? We are a blue state, and a lot of the people who respond to these political polls are liberals. Anyway, getting back. So technically, a much greater percentage of folks disapprove of Trump's performance, but certainly nobody in de Blasio's orbit is going to be quoting the mayor's poll numbers in interviews to make him look good. In that same poll, New York voters ranked de Blasio dead last among political figures from the state they'd like to see run for president. New Yorkers would rather see former mayor Michael Bloomberg run for president, who was a better mayor. Even freshman rep representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez outranked him, and she's not even old enough to run for president yet. De Blasio complains about income inequality, but the city cracks down hard on any company like Uber or Airbnb that lets folks work a side hustle because it hurts the politically powerful taxi cartel and hotel industries. That's true. It, um, blah, 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 blah. He hates charter schools even though they provide valuable education alternatives to poor minorities in the city because it reduces the power of teachers unions. True. Meanwhile, there's probably better than even odds that the New York City subway might actually be on fire when you hear this. He rails about the evils of the wealthy while facing regular corruption scandals at City Hall. He fired a city watchdog who who wrote critical reports about some of the city's departments. He's alienated the local New York City press due to a record of poor transparency. The city council is in the middle of passing regulations to try to stop the dramatic expansion of, quote, placard abuse under de Blasio, in which some 150,000 government employees park wherever they damn well please and ignore traffic laws, protected from consequences while at the same time feeding the city's congestion issues. De Blasio is openly disdainful of the very idea of property rights, believing that government should decide what gets built. And I mentioned that before with the real estate stuff. But he, at this very moment, is alienating other progressives in New York by insisting that Amazon needs its tax incentives and special government deals to build a second headquarters in Long Island City, inadvertently making the case that when the government decides what gets to be built, it's those who have the most power and influence who will dominate the discussion, not the actual members of the community. He complains about slumlords and says he's going to seize their properties, but it turns out the city's own housing authority is actually the worst landlord in the Big Apple. Were de Blasio to actually enter the race, it would be a huge boon for anybody looking to attack the legitimacy of this effort to try to drag the Democratic Party leftward towards socialistic ideation. So, again, this, this is just pointing out many, some of his many, many flaws as mayor of New York City and why he would be a terrible candidate. He is not popular in the state, like the thing showed. There was a poll ranking literally every New York state politician, and he was dead last. Dead last. Dead last. And he wants to run for president. That's hilarious. In a way, though, I hope he does. And here's why. It's no secret that he runs the city government like crap. He takes, you know, he makes... Um, regulations easier, like on education, for example. It's been made easier 
for more city students to receive high school diplomas, even though, according to CUNY City University of New York um, metrics, these students are not ready for college. More than 50% of them are not ready to leave high school and go either into the workforce or to college. That's not a good thing. You should not be patting yourself on the back for that. Taking control of the real estate market in and around the city is a terrible idea. Because like I just pointed out, it's going to dissuade developers from coming in. And while he has, to this point, actually been a supporter of Amazon coming, it's only because Amazon will bring in more jobs and bring in more revenue for the city. That's all he, that's all Cuomo, that's all these politicians want. They want more revenue taken in the form of taxes. That's why they give big companies like Amazon, when they're looking to build the big headquarters here, which probably won't be happening, by the way, um, because of a lot of issues with a a council that is completely against them coming in. And they have some legitimate qualms and some illegitimate qualms. But overall, it's probably going to be a net positive for the city economy and the state economy as a whole, having them come here. So you can understand the tax incentives and whatnot. The problem is, though, like we talked about with Cuomo and the Blue Legislature and de Blasio wanting to control literally every facet, every market involved in the city, on Cuomo's case, in the state. The problem with doing that is that you take out competition. You take out competition, and if you tell every big and small company how to operate. Most small businesses, I own two small businesses. It's very difficult to afford to run a business in New York State. Unless you're rolling in money like an Amazon is hand over fist and you're getting huge tax incentives and breaks for coming here. It's a huge, huge financial burden to own a business in this state. There's so much red tape. I can't tell you, just since I I opened my most recent business, a digital marketing business, uh, at the beginning of the fall, I can't tell you how many forms I've had to send into the state government after filing, after receiving my LLC documents. Okay, every month or two, you got to send in these two to three forms to validate this and validate that. You have to actually pay a couple of local newspapers to advertise, hey, I'm in business. So if you need my services, welcome. Like, There's a whole bunch of red tape, regulation, and money that you have to spend on top of just the ridiculous amount you have to pay to file as a business in the state just to get things going. And the amount that you have to pay in tax, the amount that you have to pay a full-time employee, and you have to provide them health insurance, you have to pay them a minimum wage. I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts running a business in this state. Giving de Blasio and these people control is a bad, bad thing. But I hope he runs because he'll neglect and continue to neglect New York City even more so than he already has. He'll continue to neglect it. It will get worse there. More and more New Yorkers living in the city will notice and more and more of them will stand up and complain. I'm already here. My girlfriend listens on the radio every morning to Z100, the, the popular pop station from New York City and the Elvis Duran show in the morning. And they're constantly constantly giving crap about how awful the MTA is, how how so many trains are either canceled or delayed every single day, how they have so many track issues, how how it's so dirty around the city since de Blasio took office, and how there's even commercials, like in between segments of the show, of people from, whether it's, you know, from police benevolent associations, EMT associations, just ripping uh, de Blasio apart for claiming that he wants equal pay and equal this and equal that. And yet 
he's hated by law enforcement and emergency medical professionals in and around the city because he has shunned them time and time again. He is a terrible candidate. I hope the morons that he's meeting with in New Hampshire get him to run or that at the very, very least, his narcissism gets him to run because if people see him on the big stage and he's the mayor of New York, that's a pretty big position. There aren't too many mayors around the country that have as big a job as that. So if he's able to get onto this stage with Kirsten Gillibrand and push these far-left socialist policies, and then people actually do a little bit of homework, or even the candidates, they probably won't even have to do it. The other candidates will know who's going to be in the room. They're going to come to primaries and to... Um, and to debates prepared, and they're going to rip them apart. You say that education's better. Well, when you lower standards, of course you're going to have a higher graduation rate and blah, blah, blah. They're going to rip them apart because he's a fraud. I mean, they're all frauds, but they're going to do our job for us. They're going to make it a lot easier because Democrats and liberals are going to be watching. And their favorites, whether it's Kamala Harris or, or Spartacus or uh, Pocahontas or one of those people, those people are going to rip him apart. And it's going to show just how bad a shape he's leaving New York City in. And hopefully that wakes people up to the fact that the socialist, the this democratic socialist ideal is not a good one because what they really are socialists, what they really are communists, those are not quite different, by the way. It's like having a cousin, a, a, a first cousin. That's what that is. One leads to the other. They want totalitarian control of your money, of your lives, and how everything around you is run. They want to regulate you to death. They want to tax you to death so they continue to get wealthier, so they continue to build power. That's what they want. I hope he runs. He, I hope he makes an ass of himself. I hope his own Democratic primary challengers pick him apart on national television so that people wake up to what he's doing to the city and they get rid of him. Last segment today. We're going to go over Governor Cuomo. So he met with President Trump um, this past Tuesday, so just yesterday, to complain about a lack of tax returns and tax hikes on New Yorkers. So we're going to read a little bit from this News 12 article here. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo visited the White House on Tuesday to urge President Donald Trump to rethink a provision in the 2017 tax overhaul that Cuomo says is prompting a sharp decline in state revenues. Michael Zona, a spokesman for Republicans on the Senate Finance Committee, said, quote, it's ironic that the same Democrats who criticized the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for supposedly benefiting only the wealthy are now advocating for a change to the law that would primarily benefit the wealthy. This is not an academic discussion, my friends, Cuomo said. This is real life. This changes the economic trajectory of the state. People are mobile and they will go to a better tax environment. I posted when this first broke last night on the News 12 site, they post everything up on their Facebook page. And I was just finishing up with our stuff for Empire State Conservatives. So I literally made the first comment on this post. Like I saw it like the second it went up. It was just right at the top of my news feed. There had been a few likes, but nobody had commented yet. And I just commented, he's just grandstanding. Literally, all he is doing is he's trying to make Trump look bad because orange man bad. And I'm good because I'm a progressive savior. When in fact, it's his fault, Cuomo's fault, since he runs the damn state, he's got to take responsibility. And one thing I'll give Chris Christie, who's kind of fallen out of grace with conservatives and Republicans across the country, is that he's owned up to his mistakes. He was corrupt at the end. He did get shunned by the Trump administration in the end when he helped him during the campaign. And he just came out with a book about it. But he owns up to his mistakes. You've got to give the guy credit for that. You know, regardless of what you think of him and what he's done, he's owned up to his mistakes. Cuomo can never own up to his mistakes. He continues 
just like de Blasio, just to a very, very slightly lesser degree, because de Blasio has done a lot of damage in a very short period of time. This is now Cuomo's third term. But Cuomo continues to want to reach into our lives and take more and more of our money. He wants to regulate more and more and more. He wants to push across this radical progressive agenda to go to the vocal minority. I'm not using minority to talk about minorities. I'm talking about a very small portion of Democrats are these crazy socialists that are very vocal online. So it seems like they're all over the place where in actuality, you look at any of their rallies, they're very few and far between. But Cuomo is directly responsible. Taxes go up in the state, statewide, that's him. Sales tax goes up in the state, just like income tax, that's him. That's him. He has to approve the budget, which he just did. He has to approve that legislation leading up to the budget. So he knows what the tax increases are going to be. He's okay with it. He signs off on it. Now, local taxes, different counties, property tax, things of that nature, that's more of a local issue. And you have to, if you're not happy with how that's going, you've got to talk to your local representatives. And if they're Democrats, nine times out of 10, they're morons. And in 2020, we got to get them out. But all Cuomo is doing here is he is trying to grandstand and make Trump look like the bad guy. Yes, there's only a $10,000 cap deduction on your tax returns. Yes, Many, many people are getting less in return this year than they did last year. Why is that? Because they paid less into it. If your salary from last year to this year is about the same or exactly the same, and you're getting back, you didn't pay in as much this year as you did last year, and therefore you're going to get back less this year rather than you did last year. And I said something controversial during the government shutdown. I'm going to say something similar now about tax returns. For people who are dependent on tax returns, that's a problem. The government is stealing from you. Taxation is theft, plain and simple. If you're willingly, and if if you're not your own boss and you're not an accountant or someone, then you're probably just forking over the money without even thinking about it. It's just an automatic deduction from your paycheck. But you are literally giving money to our state, local, federal governments. And... You're expecting a huge surplus back. That means the government took way more from you than it should have, and it's giving you a refund of what it did not use based upon your tax bracket and other factors. So if you pay less into it and you have the same salary, you're probably going to get less back. That's just how taxation works. That's how it basically works. So if you were relying on getting the same five, $6,000 tax return or whatever the hell it is every year to buy this or to do that, I'm sorry. Find a way to make more money. I have no sympathy. I don't. If, if you have one job, one occupation, there's nothing else you can do, you need to find a skill. You need to educate yourself. You need to find a skill, whether it's a blue-collar one or a white-collar one. It doesn't matter. You need to find another way to make money. That's not on President Trump. And in a way, it is on Cuomo because state taxes keep going up. Local taxes keep going up. That's because of our state legislators. So those are people that we, can, we have a lot more control over than the president. So the president reduced taxes, so that's not going to hurt you. And while Trump has been quoted as saying, yeah, that might hurt New Yorkers and Californians and some other people in the union because they're not able to deduct as much, then he lowered federal taxes. That's what he oversees. It's not his responsibility to lower our state and local taxes. That's not what the president does. The president is not an all-ruling, all-encompassing monarch. He's not even though he's been propped up to be, and every president prior to him for a long, long time has been propped up to be that. But they're not. It's supposed to go through Congress at the federal level, and then the president signs the bill if he agrees with it, and at the state and local levels, the governor signs off on budgets for the state. 
And then our local representatives decide what they're going to do in the form of some certain local taxes. So all in all, this isn't Trump's fault. He's grandstanding. He's trying to make Trump look bad. He's trying to take the blame off of him when in reality, it is all his fault. It is all, at least at the state level, not not necessarily at the local level, but at the state level, it is all his fault. And he's trying to do everything in his power to alleviate blame. And Evan said this on the show yesterday. He said it a couple of times in recent weeks, and I think it's true. I don't think Andrew Cuomo is running for president in 2020. I think he's going to run in 2024, though. I do. I think he's going to let Gillibrand and de Blasio try. Neither of them is going to succeed. They're both terrible candidates. Um, But he's going to try in 2024. And he's trying to do this to try and put a wedge between the Democratic voters here in the state and himself and President Trump further. He's saying, look, you're getting higher taxed. That's on him. You're not getting as much back. That's on him. It's not on him. It's on Cuomo, it's on our local representatives, and in some ways, it's on ourselves, if that's really something that we're that reliant on. Anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show today. So if you liked it and you haven't already, please subscribe to us, whether it's on YouTube, if you're watching or you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review where, where applicable it really helps, and please share it. That's the easiest, freest thing you could do. Share it with any Empire State Conservatives, anybody who you feel would resonate with the message. Also, if you can, I mentioned this, and I'm going to continue to mention it. Evan, Justin, and myself, we are paying to reach you. It's probably not an accident that it came across us unless you have a friend or family member who shared our page or one of our podcasts or something with you. We are paying to reach you on Facebook, on Google, and in other mediums. It's not cheap. And like we just talked about with New York State, it ain't cheap to live here, especially where the three of us live. So if you can really help us out just to cover costs, we're not doing this to make money, it would really help. We have some great merchandise in our store, like this Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. But if you're able to afford just $5 a month, that's it, which you can do through our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash donate. You get this wristband free of charge. You get access to our mailbag, which we do every Friday. Basically, we send you an email that morning. Hey, we either have this guest on the show. If we don't have a guest for that particular Friday, what would you like us to talk about? And that way you can directly ask questions to the guest or you can recommend topics. And because you're helping us out, we'll help you out. We'll talk about the things that are most pertinent to you. So that's every Friday and that's something you get exclusive access to. Only our mailbag recipients get access to that every Friday. If you're able to afford a one-time payment, of $50, which covers the entire year, a one-time $50 donation. You get the wristband, you get mailbag access, and you also get a Empire Stick Insert of Network hoodie, sizes small to 5XL. It has our logo on the front and name a number on the back, almost like a sports jersey, and we get it customized just for you. It's selling on our website right now for $60, so do the math. You get this wristband, which is selling for $3. You're getting the hoodie, which is selling for $60. Shipping is $9.99 for those two things. So you're looking at about $72. So rather than paying $72, you pay $50. You don't pay for shipping. You get those two things sent to you. And it's our way of saying thanks for supporting us. And like like we said, with the mailbag access, we get exclusive access to our Friday show every week. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in and watching or listening. This is Pete. I'm signing off. I'm going to come back at you tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day and night, everybody. Have a good one. Hey everyone, it's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.